to another episode of I'm with RJ, hosted by myself, Alec Rovitz, and the one and only RJ Falcioni. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Alec? I'm good. I'm good. We're just sort of uh, bracing for impact, I guess, today and tomorrow. Uh, I forgot what hurricane it was, but it's pretty nasty out there today. Yeah, I think it's like Isaac or Isaiah, maybe. I can't remember. I know it's something with an eye. Yeah, something like that. Trees falling everywhere. Bananas of a day, let me tell you. Crazy. East Coast. East Coast. Tired from that. No thanks. (laughs) 72 and sunny every day. I was going to say, our our guest is not in the East Coast, that's for sure. (laughs) He's living the dream. He's living the dream. I guess, uh, why don't we introduce him already? Cause he already hopped in. My uh, bad, my uh, bad. It was just, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> no, no. This is a conversation, sir. We're glad to have you a part of it. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, I, I'm just going to say, uh, Jimmy Devine, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. For sure. My pleasure. You know, always down to talk shop with everyone and, uh, looking, looking forward to getting into it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm going to jump in. Normally I ask people like, you know, the basic question, like, how did you get here or whatever, whatever. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I, I have a very specific, uh, quote that I want to read. And then I want you to, to give, uh, the people in listener land, some information about thoughts behind what this means, because this is something that I've found myself saying a lot, uh, in, in modern, uh, modern times, if you will. So I'm just going to read this quote to you and then I'll let you comment on it. Okay. Cool. I always get a kick out of pro pop people who have never been handcuffed talking about how bad cannabis legalization is. People in cages is always worse than a fixable tax rate. People will never get those years of their life back. And anyone who says otherwise is just greedy. Talk to me. Well, you know, that's a perspective piece, right? Uh, you know, it just, it is what it is. It's so, it's, a, it's just a weird time in cannabis and this weird transitionary phase with the all uh, where the dollar meets activism and all that. And there's some weird line in the sand that no one can quite describe where, where one starts and where one and where the other stops anymore. And that's okay. Like, like you, you know, there's, you look at it like this, like those people that opened up, uh, those original shops and worried about the DEA kicking in their door. Uh, they were, you know, they were real deal activists for sure. Maybe we've phased away from that a little over the last 20 years or so. But even though the people that are doing it today, they're still, you know, it's power to them that's still, you know, fighting the man with this, you know, providing safe access to this schedule one narcotic, uh, despite what federal law, you know, the, the, the repercussions that they could face. And, you know, and of course people aren't facing those repercussions like they used to. Uh, we look at California, 14,000, yeah, 14,000 about the felony arrest in 2014, 1100 last year. So, you know, it's the way things are going. People are still going to jail for pot. So I think uh, when you sometimes when you talk, listen to people talk about the act like uh, the worst part 
uh, of legalization is like the the taxes and the regulatory over you know weed is super overregulated for sure and that overregulation has created uh, a vacuum in the market because so many people that grew great pot. Uh, weren't able to get a permit because they were mom and pops and they couldn't jump through the hoops and hurdles that were created for them. And it wasn't, you know, maybe, I think when a lot of people voted for Prop 64 in 2016, uh, they thought the bar was going to be a little lower uh, and the market was going to be a little bit more dynamic and competitive. And as we've seen these waves and waves of consolidation uh, hit California, and it's going to happen again and again. And then it's weird because you also have these people that have sat in a holding pattern through through all of this like oh i'm getting ready to launch my company like uh, people that knew what they were doing and shit and excuse me my bad i don't even know if i can swear on this my, you can um, say whatever the fuck you want <laughs> <laughs> you know the times that's just that's just it is it's just i feel like the statement kind of explains itself you know what i mean like this yeah. people still getting locked up uh the less people in cages the better we can fix everything from there you know yeah. let's give these yeah. people let's give these people their lives back and then talk about why maybe we don't need five agencies like dealing yeah. with weed you know i think that's fair you know yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think there's a lot to break down there and that's that's uh, i love your response but but i think i think first and foremost you know there still are so many people in cages uh, for, for the plant, um, whether they've been put there recently or they're just still there from 10, 20 years ago or whatever from, you know, uh, a mandatory minimum that they caught uh, that, that wonderful Bill Clinton. Yeah, non-vi- non-violent offender caught with cannabis, bringing it over the from coming in from, you know, wherever it was in Mexico, coming in from Mexico, coming in from coming in through Florida. You know, there's these non-violent offenders. Uh, they do they do in mad time. And now a bunch of these guys are super old old and susceptible to coronavirus right now you look if you go look at last prisoner project right now they get a couple fellas one of them was just moved to the hospital and uh a lot of people some people got out because of the threat and that's dope right. too they shouldn't have been in their period it shouldn't take a pandemic for a nonviolent cannabis offender to not like you know lose the rest of his life uh, you know, his family to be punished too. It's just like you know, we all, we talk about these prison sentences like it's just the dude behind the bars that we're punishing. Like, there's a lot of people. There's you know, we're punishing oh, yeah. society. We're punishing the the kids. We're punishing. You know, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, you know, there's no reason no reason for it. Yeah, when you when you talk about punishing and it's a, not to use the Reagan term, but it's a real it's a real trickle down. Um, it really goes in all directions when you when somebody gets arrested for cannabis. Um, you know the, the asset forfeiture concept, and for people that aren't familiar, I mean this is this is the government taking your shit before you're convicted. Um, it's and, crazy. And, yeah, it's I was crazy. I was just talking with. Um John Duran, former mayor of West Hollywood, about West when West Hollywood uh, LA Patient Resource Center, when they had the building in West Hollywood, the city bought the building to, to protect the resource center. It was helping all these AIDS, AIDS patients in WeHo. And uh, it was the only time fed, the feds have used uh, drug forfeiture laws against a municipality. And it's like, it's, it's crazy out there, I mean, man. Yeah. Like, they're coming after cities. What do yeah. you think you're going to yeah. do to Billy and yeah. Tom? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all you growing out in Calaveras right now illegally, you know, be, so, be thinking about that. Bless right their hearts. Yeah. It's tough out there. They all, a lot of them yeah. got screwed though. A lot of yeah. them were pull, pulled on a string. Like, yeah. as we talk about, like, you know, you're talking about that's, you know, there's something, there's something to tell investors. Like, your, yeah. your dreams are as big as uh, your, your city council or whatever it is out there, Ag Board. God. Yeah. 
Yep. What a mess. Uh, so much. What they, so they take about ninety million dollars in, in licensing applications and then shut it all down after they took all the money. Oh man, one I knew one of my buddies, a good buddy of mine, was like, "Oh, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to you know get my get put my foot down on the gas out in Calaveras County. Everything's good to go, Jimbo." <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, I'm this dude." And this was a dude that had his shit together. Like it was like so when he was just telling that everything else he'd ever done was like ding 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 ding. I was like, right. "Oh, look at you go!" Like right. so when he's like. I'm about to open up and go big in Calaveras County. I'm like, oh, you're going big, bud. I bet. <laughs> and then it's like every, every, everything like kind of snowballed. And then my other, I had other homies in Calaveras who so were getting a mess too, but they just, did, I just didn't know the, I didn't know their pedigree the same way, you know? Like that, that was the one that was like, oh, I know you're doing it right. So like when, when, when it all went to shit for him, I was like, oh man. And then, you know, all the, or, you know, grow uh, people attempting to organize and God, what was it? I forget how much money it was. Was it like 5 million in fees or something? Oh no, it, it was more than that. It was way, I think it was way more than that. I think it was double digits millions. I think, God, I think it, was it, that bad? it was something bad. It was bad. Maybe it was 9 million. I, for some reason, remember 90 million, but maybe it was just uh, 9 million. It's bad either. It was bad either way. That's for sure. No, That's for sure. For sure. I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I just, it's such a flashback. It's so funny that you mentioned that because one of my, it was my, one of my caregiver, my old caregiver was trying to get, uh, get going in Calvera's too. And yep. then, and then this other homie, like I mentioned, God, that was, that I, was I remember mess. being at a, I remember being at a party in like, you know, 17, 18, whatever. And, um, I had some, some flour that came from Calaveras, a guy in the LA that I was working with had, had purchased, you know, was, was dealing with guys in Calaveras or whatever. And, uh, and I pulled it out and I was talking about Calaveras County. And I remember somebody, you know, I was this really like white collar, older, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed guy, real clean cut guy. And he's like, Calaveras is my secret weapon. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, when it gets, when the gun gets loaded and it decides to fire, you give me a call about that secret weapon. So this to give the viewers, wild E coyote. <laughs> <laughs> to give, to give the listeners some, some insight, Calaveras County was one of the counties in California that, that is notorious for growing cannabis. And, uh, uh, it was, was destined to be sort of a, a Salinas Monterey, you know, that kind of area for, for cannabis agriculture, the way that, that, that area is uh, Monterey, et cetera, is for, uh, for regular. Really agriculture. The best, the best pot never came from Calveras, but a bunch of good pot did. <laughs> That's right. It's like, the second tier, like, like it's the secret weapon, right? It's like, you know, we knew about it, but they sort of knew about it. Right. And enough people knew the ones that knew knew, but, uh, yeah, they collected a bunch of licensing applications and uh, a bunch of people bought a bunch of space. I know the guys from, from GTI bought like 40, 50 acres out there. God knows how much more. Um, and even though those are corporate guys, they still got burned, I think, for like, you know, 10, 15 million that they invested themselves into that space waiting for Calaveras to pop off. And that's actually who, who, who invested into the finest uh, genetics um, that, that was GTI. So that's all kind of connected there, but, but yeah, took a bunch of money from applications and never gave anybody an application. Uh, and then all these that. people that wasted their money, like just started trapping again. Like, Oh, well, I tried. And now there's a poor legal market has to compete against all these people that know what they're doing. It's just this like cycle of oh, God, what are you people thinking? Now we're yeah, talking I mean, about the LED, oh, just like the LED thing. Come on. Yeah. I mean, and, and Jimmy, you'd say this all boils down to like just bad government. 
moment, right? I mean, is that, is it's that just like a dash of overregulation and uh, a couple of you, you throw in a dash of overregulation, a little bit of bureaucracy, and a few people that think they're experts, and shit will hit the fan quick. And if we haven't figured that out, like in the past few years, like, you know, what, 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 the lesson hasn't been learned. I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, that's and I'm a left. Don't get me wrong. I'm left wing, man. I want you know. I don't want like you know. I'm not trying to get like screw screwdrivers in my hamburger and stuff like that. I'm down for a little bit of regulation, a little health and safety code. It's all gravy. I get it. You know. Do are we sure about these health and safety standards? You know. Are we sure? Because uh, 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 I smoked mad weed with Baguano in it for years, and I feel okay. And now you're telling me. <laughs> Now you're telling me this like micro amount of something that was in the guano. Like, oh, we can't use guano anymore. Sorry. It's like, come oh, on. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, people were smoking paraquat at one point. You know what I mean? Not giving a fuck. And, and now you're worried about, uh, you know, things like that guano. It's crazy. Yeah, it's funny, though, you know, because you think about like the BHO that was out there in like 09 and 2010. <laughs> I smoked that. Like, I'm still here. Like, this is fine. <laughs> You might, you might as well have just opened a can of butane or propane and inhaled it. Oh, uh, God. You know, with the stuff that was coming out there. Um, all right, Alec, Alec, why don't you ask a question here? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. First off, are you from, is that a little bit of Boston I hear? It is, yes. I'm from the oh North Shore. Oh, my God. It's Lynn Mass. Okay. Why don't we like get right into like what your activism on the East Coast look like? Oh yeah, sure. I just straight up like uh, I, I graduated high school in Lynn, uh, got to Franklin Pierce in New Hampshire that, that fall, like a weekend. I saw someone uh, tabling for students responsible drug policy and was involved for the next four years, ended up on uh, the board of directors for a couple of years. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, went down to DC and turned with, uh, the drug policy Alliance for a summer and, uh, stopped the, stopped the drug war for a summer and had some stuff published when I was with those guys. And it was super dope. Uh, and then kind of after spending the summer, because I originally was like, man, I want to go down to DC. We're going to legalize drugs. And <laughs> <laughs> but then like after spending the summer in dc it was like eh, i don't know like, <laughs> california seems pretty cool and then uh you know here we are uh got out here six months after i graduated what year was uh, that that was 09 09 uh, california in 09 okay Yep, and got my foot in the door. I had the job at the dispensary before I got here. That was like, it was all right. I am in. It was like once I knew I was in, I was like, yep, all right. It's just peace out, family and friends. I swear this weed shit's gonna work out. I have, a, I have a hunch. Rock on. Um, and then it was funny, you know, being this like twenty uh, four year old kid in. 2010 watching prop 19 fail and it's like you left your whole family behind you left everything behind and then you then i was the farm I, the place i was working at the farm got raided in may so there was these like these like hiccups over the first year that were just like are we really, California doing, are we really doing this gym <laughs> and then you know, you know trooped on uh worked out eventually got my foot in the door uh, the, on the media side, thanks to David Downs and Dave Beanenstock, uh, through their podcast, and yeah, and he, it's a, the ball has been rolling ever since. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, are you you're based on Oakland now? Is that where you are? Or? I am. Yep, right. You go know, halfway between the hill and LA. It's perfect. Yep, bounce up and down, cover the whole state. I love it. 
So, so when did you get involved in media then in, in the San Francisco Bay? I mean, and you mentioned David Downs. So for people that don't know, maybe you could talk, talk a little bit about David and, and his role. In yeah, his, for sure. So I've been like, I've been published and stuff before I got to the uh, West Coast, right. but it was, it was all advocacy stuff. Uh, and then like, I met David down, oh God, it must've been like six years ago now, maybe seven. Yeah. Uh, Danielle Schumacher was found, found the founder of, uh, THC staffing, which was yep. the like the original pot staffing company way back in the day. She uh, she was doing an interview uh, f- for about you know hey weed staffing is a thing now. What up? <laughs> like and so, so you know David David was on the on the uh, head of the curve on everything as as he still is uh, and. So he was talking to her. He's like, "Oh, actually, I need someone to help me out." She put me in. She's like, "Oh, you should talk to Jimmy." And uh, we ended up meeting up. And uh, I had been reading his stuff in in the East Bay Express anyway. Uh, was, you know, so when he when I finally met him, I was like, "Yeah, the All Star Jack." I was able to like name off his picks. Like, yeah, the All Star Jack and Frost is pretty good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so you might have been a little bit of a fanboy, possibly. No, you know, I was just you know, I, just market awareness. Like, I was just doing totally. the same, I was just doing the same thing I was doing now. Just nobody really realized the level I was doing it at and just like just trying to to wrap my head around the industry because that's like I figured you know like I, I spent the four years trying to wrap my head around the policy side of it and how I you know, eventually realized how much time you know I spent on that when I could have just looked up conference committees and uh then <laughs> you know got out to California and just wanted to wrap my head around the market as best as possible and like there's so and there was so many uh layers of the market at that time you know the the the, the real the medical market uh the gray market you know you had harvest side was starting to 1099 people in like 2011 or 12 or something. It was crazy. Everything was just, it was all this different. Like, how in are you on the pot industry? <laughs> right. Wait, no, that was the decision. I mean, I was, I was in, you know, I was in law school from 2008 to 2011 in New York and I was sitting there. Uh, I, I, I lucked into an internship with uh, a group that had dispensaries and grows in California that was based in Jersey uh, from a kid that was going to law school with me. Um, and uh, I, I was going back and forth in 09 uh, going back and forth in LA and, and kind of getting my feet wet in it that way. But, um, you know, it, it was like talking to professors about how I was going to do cannabis law in 2010 in New York. They were like, that's not even real. There'll never be a real thing around cannabis yeah. law. Well, so well professor, my homie gets paid a pretty penny to teach yeah. that seminar. So I think you were tripping. <laughs> like, it was like, are you in or out when it comes to cannabis? And like, it was like 2011, 12, you had to decide like whether this is what you were going to be known to do. And like, my, my parents didn't talk to me for years because of what I was doing. And then I made high times magazine and my dad's showing all the cops. He knows that I'm in high times. Matt, like the flip was literally like Danny and Christina Bacola and some other people that were instrumental in getting us in high times in 2015. Like that flip. As soon as that, da- that happened, like for the, the, those like first couple years we were rocky. And as soon as that happened, I was like, I guess it's real. Like he's in high times. Like he's not just trapping weed. Like, I guess it's real, you know? So it was a really interesting time. So, um, but it was, that was about, I mean, when did David leave East Bay to go? What's, was it seven by seven or what was the next step for, for David at least in terms of that? Oh, program? he went, he went to the Chronicle. Chronicle. He Chronicle. Went to the Chronicle full time to help him launch Green State uh, for 17. And I helped, I helped him out a little bit with that. And then he left there and now he's been with Leafly for a bit. 
like it's crushing it. Good morning, America stat. I got I was hyped because uh, I got him for my coverage of the vape stuff. Like right, you know, because I was I was on it hard. But you know, the homies were you know I if my if a good journalist friend of mine just like I'll find something else to write about. There's plenty to write about. Uh, and but I had to cover the vape stuff for LA Weekly. So I was like, yo, let me hit up David. That way I'm checking all my boxes, giving the right people their love. I'm no hack. I called the dude. There he is. <laughs> He's in the article. I'm no hack. <laughs> and then it worked out like a week later. He's in Good Morning. He's in uh, Good Morning America. And I didn't say it would be able to do my editors. Like, look at me. My head of the curve on GMA, huh? <laughs> Just how you're doing it. <laughs> okay, so, so you, you were in the East Coast. You came out of Boston. You did policy work. And then you got out to, to, to Cali in the you know early 9, 10 there. And then got got in the media with David. So, I mean, where did where did your career really start to take off? Uh, you know, in conjunction with meeting David David Downs and, and, and all. Well, that just stuff. the door, the foot in the door, man. Yeah. Like he was yeah. it. Like he was the one. Like, hey, here's your shot. Like, <laughs> and I just yeah, tried, 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 here, tried to do my best with it, and not mess it up. <laughs> where, where did it take you first? I mean, I know you're you're at LA Weekly. Is kind of like your your thing. Oh, well, right? for sure, I mean, for sure. Uh, the pod, Well, first was the podcast, and then. I started doing stuff like SFK. He mentioned yeah. the dudes at SFK, like, Hey, I'm working with this kid, Jimmy Devine. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, come on down, Jim. <laughs> he's like, okay. Cause I was selling ads at the time. And I was like one of the few people I was like hyper connected with all the best brands. So I was like, right. you know, you're, you know, do you want to be in, you want to be in like a real newspaper? <laughs> you buy an ad? People yep. like, sure. So like, you know, so that kind of was my, uh, got the ball rolling. And then eventually like a year, a year in or like almost a year in, they were like, Oh, Jimmy writes too. Jimmy got a degree in journalism. You want to write something, Jimmy? <laughs> I, was like, sure. I was like, sure. And then and that was it. And then I saw, I was doing stuff for uh, SF gate. Uh, and I had, it was a, so that, that was like the first, I hadn't been published in like six or seven years at that point. Yeah. So I was back, you know, back on, back on the wagon. Yeah. Uh, and then I met Ellen Holland, uh, who was at the time was the associate editor of cannabis now. And, and then she'd go on to be the senior editor for like four years. Uh, I was with, I was with cannabis now for four years, uh, up until, uh, the pandemic started, they had to let me go in March. So I was just, you know, tough, tough stuff. Uh, but it was a great platform. Uh, a lot of, you know, that's where I, that's where most of my best hits are. That yeah. was where I, I won. I, that was where I won Reddit. That was where all like the great strain articles are. So it's, you know, it was, a, it was a great adventure with cannabis now. And I'm, it was, it was dope. I'm just keep trying to now, you know, rock out with LA weekly. Just it's LA when AB five hit, uh, it really like impacted, you know, freelancers in California a lot. So the LA Weekly was just like, Hey Jimmy, what do you what are your plans for AB five? I was just like, you know, it's cross. I don't really have any plan. I was so I didn't really know what was gonna happen. And they were like, Oh well we'll we will we'll make a spot for you on the team and like then gave me a they created a job for me nice. uh, because of AB five and it was like well, you know, it was, it was weird because I was like trying like I, I other I had other stuff that fell apart because of it and so many of my friends are, are still having problems because of it and some of them left California and just not coming back uh, because it's hard, really hard to be a freelance journalist in California now. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird. There's this weird balance to it all where like I got my it sucks, but I got my best shot yet. Uh, and I'm just trying to just do the best I can with the platform and tell cool story, like tell cool, you know, important stories, cool stories, all of the above, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
But cannabis now is dope for sure. <laughs> Good run. All love. All love. I, I was, um, is, is cannabis now is, is still online, correct? I mean, you can, can yeah. You find, yeah. yeah. They threw uh, old articles are, are on cannabisnow.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All the, a lot of, you know, Google, whatever, you know, whatever strain of the moment from the past, you know, X is, years. Is there, uh, is there a review of the OGKB cookies? There's a little, there's a couple of things with IC mag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Caesar shout out to him. He's coming on the podcast tomorrow. He's a killer. He's a great chat. He's a great chat. Oh yeah. man. That, it was that, so fun. That dude is like, the guy that got me to get to California. He's the guy that, uh, that, that moved me out there from, from New York. So I, I owe everything to him. That's for sure. Oh, he's, he crushes it so hard. It was fascinating hearing the story of how he, uh, Save the strain and whatnot. People yeah. don't realize how many. There's so many cuts that there's some like weird backstory that it barely really, made it. But it yeah. like OG Kush was in the pocket on the plane. Uh, Capulator washed the miracle seeds right. in his pocket, and then you get uh, the OG KB like was on its deathbed, and then he got his hands on it and saved it. And it's fun that there's like all these little miracle pot plants like, that ended up being these like generational killers. You know? Yeah. You. <laughs> And I mean, I think that's like, it's a really good point. Like cannabis is so tribal in that sense, right? Like it is so regional and, and, and it's obviously changed now because of, of media and legalization and stuff. But like, not only are those so many strains like, like, uh, like the Mac that you mentioned or, uh, the OGKB or, or so many, you know, just, just even the Skittles and like the argument about whether that's actually a strain or they just rename something they got to the Hills. Like, you know, it's, it's just like, a, it's just so many stories about, you don't believe in gas station, Bob dog. I want to. I, mean, <laughs> that's I, do, I, do until, I do until proven otherwise. I, I want to believe. Okay. But my, my point is like there are so many strains. That have been, <laughs> my point is there's so many strains that have been lost as well. You know what I mean? Like well, those the, were lost because they didn't have, provide industrial value. As people started smoking more weed, and you, less people started going to jail for it, and they needed more of it. Like they, those strains couldn't keep up with the times. That's why they're gone. If they, if they were still banging. If they were still yielding, like with the exception of Blue Dream, which is making a big comeback this year. <laughs> Uh, there's a reason all these strains are gone. If it's the flame, it's the flame. There's some that were certainly lost, like uh, the Oaksterdam Purple Kush Cut when the feds hit Oaksterdam and Oaksterdam Sweet Tooth in uh, Oaksterdam Purple Kush. When the feds hit uh, Oaksterdam, I don't think anybody had a mom that I think they were just buying trays from Richard when they needed, oh, it's time to start up my next round of Purple Kush. Like, and just say, why, you know, if, if you only have X amount of square footage and you can just buy. A tray, yeah. and you know, why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Just save that mom. Yeah, I, I don't need a mom anything up. I'm just gonna use everything I got to flower. Uh, so I think what happened was it was a very limited, like it just it was just gone. And that was one of my that shit won uh, the, the fall cup in 2010. Uh, Medicone had it. Oh, god, it was like the scratchiest purple. And it was just like this cushy. It was like that cushy, you know, high mountain Afghani scratch, like on the back of your throat with grapes on top. And it was, oh God, it was some magical stuff. It's man, man, oh, yeah. that's probably the one. I that's probably the one I missed the most. Um, oh, yeah. That and the blueberry hash plant. Woo! G thirteen next DJ short blueberry one. Got it. Call me if you have that, man. <laughs> We'll get you on a list. You. That's, 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 that's the thing. Like, there are some gems like that. Like, uh, 
you know, they're, they're like my buddies out here in Colorado, and, and this is probably not nearly as I don't. It's arguable. It's regional, right? But in, in Colorado, Bezel is always a is a kind of a, one of those like you either can get it or you can't get it, and you're chasing it kind of thing. Um, and my buddies, my buddies grew Bezel for a long time, and it, it, it's become a thing of like a mythical thing back in Connecticut where people be like, "Oh, can you get Bezel?" And it's like, I don't know anybody with Bezel. You know what I mean? It's like it's like asking me to get Romulan or Sweet Tooth. Like I wish I knew where there was a good, a, a like a real Romulan cut uh, that I could get Romulan from because I think Romulan for me was one of the most. Oh, mythical. we got Romulan out here, fam. Dark Heart Nursery, widely available. Now you're gardens across the Bay Area this now summer. You're, now you're, now now you're bringing us into the, the validity of dark heart nursery. And I don't know. If there all year. So I don't know about all that, but Alec, what do you got? Let's, let's ask me another question here. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, first off, let's, uh, let's maybe shout out your podcast, even though you got two episodes, please. Like everyone. Take Yo, yeah, I know I'm bad. I've got the guy, you know, I'm trying to do more shows. I got the guy divine's fine cannabis guy. We're going to go big this harvest season, picking out those killer cuts. Uh, but yeah, trying to create more content super shout outs to all the people have been super supportive of that it's it's been super fun just like when i do something and like a few hundred people are like supportive and it's like what i'm just it's ridiculous i spend so much time with my head down just trying to do it you know what i'm saying so sometimes i like take when you take a look up and see like all the people like got your back it's like wow you know i pursue i always super appreciate it where can uh no yeah where where can people find that where can they uh take a look that's on everything dog soundcloud uh Google Podcasts, iTunes, uh, the whole nine. Yeah. So what I was going to say is to kind of bring this back to your your first the first point we talked about, which is sort of uh, you know activism versus versus you know corporate cannabis. I guess maybe the, maybe those are polar statements, but whatever. And there's people that did both and don't. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not saying I mean, we're, 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 we're one of them, man. Like I, I I'm I use corporate cannabis to be an activist. Period. But my what I was going to say to you is that like. I think activism has progressed, right? Like what you're doing in your podcast to me is activism. It's just not, you're not out in the street holding up a sandwich board, having people sign up or trying to, trying to quote unquote change something in a very, uh, uh, traditional sense of activism. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm just trying to walk the line so people don't think I'm a homer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, but you know, I try, you know, keep it straight. Just, you know, ask smart people the right questions, see what they say. And they say, I didn't say this shit. The smart people said this, you know, <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm trying here. Jimmy, I, I, think think I thought it was a good question. I think you were born to be a journalist, Jimmy. I really <laughs> You know, it's just, uh, that's, it was good. Like growing up in like a con man town was good training for the cannabis industry for sure. It was like, (laughs) so, so discussing comments, take us through some of the stuff you've covered in terms of, of the California regulations and the regulators. Like what are some of this, like, just again, for somebody that doesn't know nearly as much as you or I do, what, what are some of just the top level challenges that you see uh, friends and brands that you cover and talk to on a regular basis. What are, what are they facing? The bottlenecks are the things. I, I think the bottlenecks in the supply chain uh, impact everybody at every step of the way. Uh, 
because everybody loses value. The grower loses value when it takes too long to get his weed tested and then the distributor has to let that weed sit on the shelf before it gets to the dispensary and the dispensary has to enter it in the metric and then it gets it out to the shelf God knows how long later and by then you know it's been tested 17 times uh, and you know the you know how long is it you know how long has it been since the consumer you know got you know since it was chopped and it got to the consumer's hand how well was it stored there's a thousand variables that screw your pot up like to screw up great pot from the time you chop it down to the time that person opens up your jar you can leave even if it leaves your facility facility triple grade you know triple a grade all-star the flame the gas all all the various best adjectives we use these days the cool kids uh that's it's plenty of time for it to get messed up you know you get a flat tie you get a the you know something your alternator goes out you lose the whole engine the ac's gone and then it cooks in the back your weed cooks in the back for three hours something you know it happens this is a real thing like so it's the bottlenecks in the supply chain i think are the biggest threat to great pot but i I get why they happen i think they'll be mediated and fixed better um as the market stabilizes in the years to come i don't know how long that's going to take uh but you know there's still weed on the shelves right now right we didn't run out we, we didn't run out there's a bunch of mids there's a bunch of like you know it's not that much good weed to go around but it's cool to see also like <clears throat> just on the subject of good weed um you look at these sales numbers people you know try and push push this mids idea down our throat um and then you get people selling mids trying to convince there's people just trying to push the mids down your throat like hey look what i got and then you get the people with mids trying to be look at this exotic right here wow uh and then (laughs) then somewhere you get the dude that has the actual flame and uh it's good to see those dudes with the actual flame are still crushing it like the pr like the pr machine is not corrupted the consumer mind like the the flame is still the flame you're 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 saying that your happy old pal is not the number one selling brand no i think it's there's a lot of value in people being able to buy a 65 dollar half ounce and roll it up up for two months and like get let's get wrecked bill like i got some i got some jack error it's 22 percent wow like it's like, hey, listen to this. They grind it up for you. Wow, really? Yeah, I swear to God. Like, it's, you know, that's fine. That's beautiful. I love that. That's adorable. Um, but then, but that's not the most common, like the real successful cannabis company is trying to target that 20% of consumers that buy 85% of the weed. And what they're looking for is the, the absolute killer killer or the best bang for the buck possible. Like those are the two things that they're either trying to get a killer deal. Or you're trying to smoke the best weed of your life, right? But so, <laughs> yeah. so it's tough want, for those guys in the middle. $120 ounce of the best weed I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's most consumers though right like you that's, you, yeah that's, you know, but that's the thing it should be but a lot of this a lot of this shit is artificially inflated like as cannabis left the black market they were like people were supposed to all be able to get permits it was supposed to be legalized and then the price was like supply would supply would be met and there would then all these people would like you know would be at the right price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like it's yeah. some reasonable like you know it's not that it doesn't cost that much to grow weed it 
and it costs a little bit more to grow great weed, but at scale, like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it costs more, especially under the regulation intensive, uh, California supply chain. Right. So just to kind of respectful circle, you're talking about the bottlenecks and there, there, there are so many bottlenecks, right? But, like you better just say you add, you go back 10 years and you tell the home, you tell yourself like, Hey, listen, weed's going to be legal in 2020 for like years. It's going to be legal for years at that point. But eighths are still going to be sixty dollars. It's like what? Like I don't understand. If it's legal, why is an eighth still sixty dollars? Like it's like we're removing like the reason eighths was sixty dollars because the homie's going to get locked up. Remember we just went over these mandatory we just went over these mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent offenders. Like that's why eighths are expensive because the risk involved. It's like we remove all the risk, but we pay these people that aren't taking at the same prices. And I'm just like I don't. I can't, I can't spin the tail in my head that, that makes it all work for me. But you know, the, the consumer still hasn't, you know, ca- caught on, I guess we'll figure it out eventually for sure. <laughs> well, and I, I think that's, I think it's amazing, right? Like the, the consumer isn't up in arms about paying the same price or more, right? Like go buy an alien labs eighth versus go buy an eighth from a homie that, that comes from somebody who knows what they're doing and they're damn comparable. And it's about half the price from the street that it is from, from the, the store. And that again is very hard to stomach. As you I said. don't know, but you, you know? picked a specific, you picked a very specific name. It's harder to be, it's a lot harder to be comparable at that point. Like if you grow growing now, sometimes, uh, you know, there's the permitting stuff, but there's also the, if you grow wheat as good as alien labs done does, somebody will give you the money to grow wheat. You know well, what I mean? That's, okay, that's a different level. That's a different level. And, and I hope you listen to there's this. There's plenty of awesome pot in the trap world. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just also, I, I think, uh, I think you, like if you listen to the, the podcast, we'll do tomorrow with, with NorCal IC mag, he hasn't taken, uh, an investment from anybody yet, except for, and I don't even want to say what I know about it because I know a lot about it. So I, I'll yeah, let yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but that, generally, but I get, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of ver- bootstrapped verticals like him that are yeah, dope. And he's and not even really though in the market, man. He plays the genetics game and then sits back. Like that's really what he's about. You know what I mean? He's not, I don't, I don't know where you can buy his products. I know there was uh, a shadow ranch that did his outdoor for a couple years. I don't know. If God he's damn it. He helped start about three seed companies or whatever. Yeah. I've heard that the dude, that, the dude that said that to him on podcast. Oh God, I started dying laughing. Oh. Yeah, but so my point is, I think there are still really good growers out there that just aren't in the market because of the bottlenecks. But but the point I was going to make before is that like when you went to Santa Cruz or wherever and you picked up weed and you dro- you picked it up, it was in a turkey bag, you drove it home, and, mm-hmm. and it got sold. Right, like that's what happened. You know, you're, what you're talking about is like. The grower cuts it down, puts it in the turkey bag, hands it off, and then sixty days, ninety days, one hundred and twenty days later, you might get the fucking pound. Back. It's like you pay for the testing. Oh wait, this backlog. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you no, know, we we took this weed for one hundred twenty days. We destroyed the quality of it, and we don't want to pay you for it. So here, you can have it back now. And of course, you don't know how much weed it's going to take to show, and how many labs you're going to have to go through before you find that THC number you like. <laughs> Depends on how long you've been paying Santa Cruz Labs for. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's not even. It's it's just you, you play the market. It's not any one lab. You just send. No, you it's, just, it's, listen, it, 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 listen. Every lab, you know this. Every lab sets their their standards differently. It has a different different comparable for what your shit is. So yeah, you got to find the lab that works for your shit. But I've also seen shit that I know was one thing before. When you stop paying somebody what you were paying them before, and all of a sudden twenty points drop off the bottom at the same lab. It becomes an interesting quagmire, but that's back in the day. So maybe that's not what's happening. Another thing was like, oh, this is true. This is true too. And I hear what you're saying, but this is the, what I'm about to say is absolute fact too. As the technology at the labs got better, <laughs> people were better. Their pop got worse. So 
there's that too. Like, but I get you. Like, people, you know, buy the same gear. They 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 adjust it to their proprietary needs and to dial it in. And you know, it's all you know. It's the lab. I I don't question uh, that the testing game is a little iffy. I have faith in certain concepts. Or you know, when it comes you know sure. when it comes to cannabinoids and, and THC, you know, CBD, all that other stuff. But I have a lot of faith in the heavy metal stuff. I have a lot of faith in the pesticide yeah. stuff, and that's super important uh, as the market moves forward. But I, it's, it's also tragic that every all the consumer believes they need something over twenty percent to get absolutely rocked. Uh, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. They don't even realize how many like uh you look at something like the the blueberry or the blueberry sugar that like uh, earl hill did at the for the emerald cup last year it was like 14 percent terpenes like you know that strain probably wasn't over that that flower material probably wasn't over 20 percent. it was loaded with some stupid amount of terpenes exactly. uh but it was still it was still one of the most magical things i've ever smelt in my life uh and you know can so it's, it's there's this weird balance and you know Oh yeah, those those high teen strains with crazy terpene profiles that yeah. nobody wants to smoke anymore. And then now they just uh, the, the the clubs don't buy them, so they just end up you know gone. Even though they're yeah. super exotic, that, that's um, a prime example. You know, you obviously remember the strain Orange Free Pebbles, and I feel like that is a prime example of a uh, a product that was very terp heavy that I think just wasn't appealing to the market, despite how medicinal it was. And how loaded it from a flower perspective was, was Stefan, our CTO, basically won the High Times uh, Cup in 2017 Memorial Day in, in, in San Francisco for uh, best infused product for this this rosin joint that he made. And it was with Orange Fruit Pebbles, I'm nearly positive. Um, and, and he basically can't even find it now uh, just to smoke it, never mind to, to press it. You could barely find it. Period. I probably only smoked it twice. It wasn't really that. Much. It wasn't really around like that. Um, yeah. it, it didn't. It never had the wind in its sails like of like full development cycles. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. That's really fair. I think the point there, though, for me, is like that 14 to 19 heavy turp range is is gold. Insane. Uh, it's beautiful. It's magical yeah. stuff. I love it. I love it. And it's we. And that's, that's the scariest thing. Like the idea, like in the pursuit of that THC number, that's probably questionable. Uh, <laughs> we lose all this other crazy stuff like come yeah. on no no no, no, no. We're, we're, we're literally giving away the the, the uh, arguably the medicinal elements of the plant to get more thc mm-hmm. which is crazy madness madness jimmy jimmy talk um, to me about go. this this coachella desert smoke off is that a project of yours and please do explain I want to know how the kid from God. Yeah, God that was funny. Oh, God, we'll get into this. This is good. You'll get a kick out of this. You'll get a kick out of this one. So, uh, last year was my first year with, uh, I started with LA Weekly like November 2018. Um, before, and I got the job like this year. But I started with November uh, 18. And they're like, oh, we're going to do, uh, Jimmy, you want to do a cannabis cup for Coachella? Do you think we could do it? And I was just like, yes. I was like, yeah, of course you can. Like, and then the publisher was like, Jimmy, I love how you're always sure we can do everything. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Just believe. Uh, so we ended up. <laughs> So we ended up getting all these crazy. We got uh, we had connected Alien Labs, um, 
Lit House, a bunch of other, a bunch of other farms involved, uh, a couple private growers, uh, and so they, they rented out a, a like cabana, like a bunch of a hotel that was like made up of a bunch of cabanas, and they they said they, so I show up to this hotel, and all the weed is waiting for me in my room, and we just uh, crushed it. We had a great weekend. Um, had a bunch of uh, Cuba getting Junior jumped in the pool. It was crazy. It was just sitting there. I rolled like thirty blunt. I spent a hundred. I know exactly how much I spent. I spent $151 on blunts that weekend because I got, I saved the receipts. I told them, I told them, I was like, yo, guys, you should just grab me a couple boxes. It'll be cheaper. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, Jimmy. We will. And then I got there and there was no blunts. And they're like, Jimmy, just, just buy them and save the receipts. <laughs> so I remember when I said, I remember when I sent the receipts for all the blunts, I was like, I told you we should have got them boxes, guys. <laughs> should have gone to downtown LA and got that box. Yeah. Oh, Oh God, it was so funny. Um, and, but yeah, it was great. And it was fun. Cause that was like the first time, uh, like, I think that might've been the first time gel and aid won something like it, it, Cause it just dropped the first gel and aid dropped the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was like the first time gel and aid won something. I think that was, uh, early. That was an early win for the area 40 area 41 won best in show gel and aid won best sativa. Um, so, so for people that don't know, like talk about alien labs, cause we mentioned them. You're mentioning the heat. Right so I met, so alien labs is like legacy of flame, uh, flame. Dudes, Straight dudes. flame, flame, a flame. It is no, it's so legit. It's so legit. I fucking love it. I mean, it's that's so if I meet someone for the first time in the cannabis industry and like, they have a jar in front of them and like, it's, it's alien labs. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, I know you're at least, I have a hint. We'll see where we we'll see where the conversation goes from here. Uh, <laughs> but but so I first met um, Alien Labs way back in the day because they first did their first because they were from up far up north uh, before they moved to Sacramento. They were up in like Redway, one yeah. of those crazy far north places. Um, and uh, they had the OG. They had that crazy lemon. They had that crazy OG. They, it was that urban farm, I believe, was like the first place in the city that had it. And David saw it and he put it on his list, so that put it on my radar. I was like, oh. David saw some crazy OG. This how I was right the list. All right, that's to keep that in the back of my mind. So then a couple of months later, I go to uh, the Cow Palace for the Cannabis Cup. What and, year I, and they had a, oh God, it must have been, I swear, I, it's so crazy. It must have been like 15 or 16. I'm not yeah, totally sure. 15 or 16. Yeah. I, I was living in. They had a booth with, uh, they had a booth with Calvin and Globs. They were sharing a booth with them and Calvin yeah. and Globs was like hype at the time. Hype. And, uh, so I was like, I had my media. That was the first thing I ever went to as a member of the media too. <laughs> so I had like, uh, so I was like, high, you know, I'm a high on my horse, like 20 something year old, Jimmy dumbass, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> So, so eventually I realized the, that this weed, like, so I'm talking to the Calvin and Globs guys, you know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I realized this weed on the table, I'm looking at it and I see, it says like, uh, I think it was like birthday. Cause they had this cut back in the day called like birthday Coco G. It didn't last, but they had it. And then that was what David put on the list at the time. And so I was like, Oh shit. I busted out my phone. I was like, yo, this is that weed. Yo, we put you on the list. And that was the first time I met Ted and Ted was like, Oh, fucking awesome. Cool. <laughs> So I'm showing him like Alien Labs is on SFK. He's like, let me load you up, brother. <laughs> so he tosses me like a quarter of this crazy ass weed. And like, then I, I hadn't smoked it at that point. And then I went and hit, smoked. And I was like, oh my God. Like, this is the real, this is the real deal. And then, you know, 
here we are all these years later, top of the game, uh, hyper progressive, great cuts, great jeans, and uh, always excited to see the new the new drops from them. I actually I'm working on uh, I have some of the Kalia collab Alien Mints right now. Uh, I know I have some Milky Way left. And uh, I also tried the the Moonbow, the Ego Clash entry that they did with Field. Wowzers, God, very elite, very elite. But I, but you know, it's the real. This, you know, the weed's that good. That's why I, I sound like a fanboy, probably. But there's so much shitty. There's so much shitty weed out there. When you talk about the people that are doing it right, you know, you just have to like have a little extra enthusiasm. Like, wow, it doesn't, it does exist. I, I am uh, I'm I am the biggest dick rider of Alien Labs going. I always, have been, I always will be. Uh, I have no problem with it. <clears throat> Same thing with, with Fig Farms. I I have I have been. Yeah, Alio. I bought I bought some sugar mints a week like two two Sundays ago. It was my first. This dispensary just opened up uh, not too far from me. We were near it, so I was like, all right, let me go. Let's go see the deal real quick. Yeah. And they had the best, the nicest thing they had was fig. And I was like, oh. Got to go. All right, let me try it out. And I yeah. grabbed the sugar mints. It was one of their new animal mints uh, crosses. But yeah. the animal, the animal mints BX two uh, is the one I want to get my hands on the most for yeah. sure. And then and they have a new uh, a silver pheno, I believe they're calling it, of their uh, animal mints. I, back in 2018, uh, I, that was the first the first time I saw animal mints was theirs. Uh, Keith showed it to me at the cup. He's like, Jeremy, hey, look at this. And it, was just, it just blew me away. I put, I, put, I put it on a sun grown list. It was so good. I was oh like, sorry, I know all the Emerald Cup people are going to be mad, but this shit was fire, and I don't care if it was grown under HPS. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my take on Fig Farms. I'm willing to go on a limb, too. <laughs> Wild. I love it. I love it. Yeah, they... they uh... They do some work, man. They do some yeah. work. Yeah. Banana they, fig, purple fig number eight, the sleepwalker, sunset yep. fig. Oh, God. Government lemons, the cookments. Woo! Yeah, and, and so I guess the point is, like, I, I'm with you 100%. Like, you need you need to, as somebody who's been in the industry the way we have, rep these, rep these brands. I don't go out and buy... Dom Perignon every fucking time I want to drink something, right? But I will tell you this, the 1996 bottle of Dom Perignon is one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. And if I had uh, a ton of money, I'd have nothing but that. Pierre Jouet Floral and bottles of Herradura tequila in my house. I wouldn't even have water, okay? But uh, I'm not going to buy that every day, but I'll rep that shit till the death of it. Um, and, and it's funny how people who are in the know can think you're a total clown until you say something like the 1996 Dom or the animal, the, the, uh, the, the fix farms or the alien labs. And it really does change the, the perception of who you are, right? It is a defining quality of the discerning palette to know what's really going on. Uh, yeah, you can't just to, to go. You have to go to the mountaintop to see yeah. what's there. And yeah. if you've never, and if you've never been, like that first time you open that jar uh, from the mountaintop, it's just what <laughs> crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah, like the first time you smell OG Kush that smells like gasoline, like come on, that was magical. My I cried. You know, I'm never, I'm never smoking sour diesel again. Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> no more fake diesel chems for me. Oh, ah, it's, a, it's all gas all day, baby. 
<laughs> what you don't you don't want this uh this mexican come on man that's, that's i'm down um, no there's a bunch yo train wrecks got a bunch of mexican jeans yeah, right. like there's a bunch of fire what was the homie's name from uh that from narcos that ran off with the dude's daughter and banged her on the porch i forget but it was crazy like they they, they grew you know there was plenty of great weed in mexico and like no, so totally, sometimes people totally. like it's the process like the, the yeah. what makes mexican weed bad is the process of getting it to america it's crunching it into the bricks like there's so many things that yeah, degrade it, it, the weed in the process it, it, i'm sure it, it, that yeah. dude like that grew it has some yo i bought yo last time i was in my like i was in playa del carmen i got an eighth for 40 bucks that shit was legit it was the most seeds i ever got in a quarter or no excuse me, i got like a quarter for 40 bucks um and it was like the most seeds i'd ever gotten in a 40 dollar bag of weed for sure but the weed was straight like right. but and then you 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 know you stuff it into a tire it just loses a little bit of that zip <laughs> Global economics, y'all. Yeah, you know <laughs> that global. Supply. It was dope because I asked because there was these two students like they were like competing for my weed sale because they knew I wanted pot and they were like, oh, I was like, oh, you guys know each other? Damn, I was like trying to play you against each other. Damn it! And they're like, oh yeah, just go buy the weed over there. And they had this like closed store, so they opened up the grate and I climbed in and it was like a bait and tackle shop and there was like four people in line in front in front of me to buy their drugs and like all these crazy ropes on the wall and shit. But I wasn't scared. I felt great. I was like, I'm gonna get my weed the dude at the end looked it was like a mexican santa claus with all this jewelry on tossed me my weed it was fantastic that's awesome <laughs> i think um yeah yeah maybe shifting the conversation to a little bit of a serious note i hate to sort of kill the vibe but just with everything going oh, on go right for it now, might as well yeah with everything going yeah. on in the world right now like let's maybe talk about like that racial disparity you've seen in, in cannabis and, and really how it's affected these social equity applicants and and you know, just the community along that nature. Well, it's a transcend, right? That disparity transcends industry, criminal justice. Uh, there's so, like you said, there's so many layers to it. Like with the equity programs, I, I was here. You know, Oakland. The I, the concept of equity programs started in Oakland uh, back in the day with like Oak Deck and the Hood Incubator and those those heroes uh, pushing it and. It's been such a, a the the idea of giving these communities uh, that were most deeply impacted by the war on drugs, uh, especially for cannabis, as the data has so so clearly shown time and time again, uh, a little bit of a head start in this new industry. Um, this this, this uh, based around a substance that that we we police these communities for in devastating fashion. Some people have trouble with that. Some people have trouble with that head start. And it's wild to me um, that like, you know, just just the despair, like as we, we bring cannabis into the light uh, and we, it's like, we want to maintain these, it's it's such a big, such a big argument of legalization is, you know, uh, ending these, stopping these police encounters where, where, where the disparity happens. And then it's like, in stopping those encounters on the streets where the young uh, black or brown man is more likely to end up handcuffs in handcuffs. We would trade off for uh, an industry where the young black or brown man is, isn't likely to get a shot uh, or or woman, of course. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's madness. It's madness that it still rolls. And then you see these politicians use uh, social equity programs as a mechanism for their own gain uh, on the campaign trail and whatnot. And, but there's real, no, you know, we, we have a couple places actually open um, 
and how many times we've heard these tales of social equity partners, the basically being used as figureheads through through the licensing process only to be abandoned by some other to try and be replaced with some other person uh that will, will fit the fit the fit the bill of what uh that that whatever mechanisms that person needs for their partner to have to be a social equity equity person for cheaper you know like the real like, or even worse like these flat settling you know part of it uh is these social equity programs are supposed to give directly like these profits are supposed to go directly back into these communities if you pay someone sixty thousand dollars a year and they just do whatever and they don't actually get a real incentive and they don't actually lead the business and they don't actually have a real chunk of the pie that that, they, that grows with them like it kind of defeats part of it because it's just a, it's just a real figurehead aspect when when the when the resources aren't really going back into the community they're just going to some boardroom in arizona or wherever you know yeah it's a, it's a sham what it, it would amount to and it's such a beautiful idea it's the thing i think that's the saddest part uh when some it's you know it's so well intended um and everything and it's part of it's oakland's fault for sure like i watched it locally uh they should if i think um it would have been cool if we had done it a little better so as people because I think part of it was all these places. Each each additional place that te- like involved in the equity conversation wanted to do it better than the places that had done it before. Uh, and like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. But you know, Illinois is going to do it better than California. Massachusetts is going to do it better than Illinois, or vice versa with Massachusetts and Illinois. Um, but here we are, right? Like, where are these shops? Where where are these? Uh, these owners from these communities that were most impacted by the war on drugs, just let's meet. I'd love to chat with them. Uh, but you know, it's tough. They're, it's tough. They're, they're struggling or they've been pushed out and they own one. And then LA is a whole nother LA is a whole separate equity conversation. Like just the whole, with everything that's happened with the, like, like we, there's all like, you know, there's so many layers to it. Like I said, uh, it's crazy. It's wild. It's wild, but it's, it's without a doubt. It's, it's, uh, it's sad that it's gone out. It's come out the gates away the way it has in recent years. But it, it's it's excellent that this, this conversation pre 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 uh, preceded preceded like this this time in America where these type of convers these type of conversations about uh, racial equity are are more on the front burner than ever. So there's the sad there's the sad aspect that we've gotten it a lot we haven't gotten it very right so far but there's the positivity that we already have this conversation going while the rest of america is trying to catch up now um so hopefully we can with this with all this good energy um people will be able to you know get a organize a little better on the regulatory side and uh really really give people in these communities uh a shot and part of it is important and we go back to it's the circle it's you know it's over and over again but you go back to that over regulation uh maybe some of these people wouldn't need to sell their soul to to these private equity funds uh to start their business if it it was a little, little easier to get their foot in the door in the first place you know yeah, I, I mean, that's, you know, that's what I always talk about is the idea that the the law needed to be transitional, right? It went from one thing under Prop 215 that was basically you grew the shit, put it in a backpack and went down to the dispensary and sold it. It's pretty much what it was, right? 
and you switch that to something that's completely different and you expect that the quality is going to remain, that the integrity is going to remain, that the community is going to be, it's impossible. It's, it was literally impossible um, for what was to continue to exist. So again, to I think that you could apply again, this extreme change to people that had never even operated a cannabis business in the first place and, and who have been, uh, obviously systematically displaced or impoverished by society to think that they were going to be able to handle it without, um, selling their souls. As you just said, it, it, it just, it was ludicrous to believe that, um, without a easier transition into it, that a business in that position could survive. Uh, and it was hard for people that didn't have like those institutional so, oppressions to deal with. Hard for men. Never, men, never men mind. Men. Never mind. You know. men, Jimmy, talk us about med men right now. You know, <laughs> right? Don't touch it with a ten foot pole. It's, it's crazy. I got into beef. That was the most. You know, I, I beefed it out with their comms team one time when I was trying to write about uh, the West Hollywood situation. So I just like after that, I was like, oh, that's like the only company that can just be like oh, Jimmy's unprofessional. So I'm just like, you know. <laughs> So I just kind of, you know, yeah. Well, you, you there's plenty you of people chat about it. You don't have a, um, you don't have a relationship therapist on staff to make sure your your uh, marriage goes okay. I don't. I would, yo, I I would love an intern though, like just to actually like tra- help transcribe shit. Like, hey, go go go, make sure those commas are in the right spot, Billy. I know you know what you're doing. <laughs> Well, we, 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 we get some kid HR from New House for the summer. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we, we provide HR services, Jimmy. We can hire your intern anytime. <laughs> well, you know, it's just with this. I think, but one of the like we talk about, it's you know, it's we talk about how messed up um, the extra execution of these equity programs were across the country. But how you know how progressively we, every time uh, people bitch about it, they never talk about how progressive they are, and they never talk about how important they are. They never talk about how groundbroken they are and just like this it's it's that part saddens me because like that's why i want to figure it out like i'm not and then you get the real haters like i met this dude in la one time who was just so this dude was balling out balling out uh fake as tan you know just like and he was just so salted these people with that had had to deal with the criminal justice system personally or came from these uh zip codes that were more impacted by the war on drugs like that that they they, they got any type of advantage over you know that's you know that's not capitalism blah blah you know <laughs> it's just so like and i think it's from you know like i'm a little bit of a lefty but not too crazy um so it's just it's just it blows my mind that that mentality exists in like the professional cannabis space uh, just you know people people are so desperate for their slice of the pie when if you when it's really a quality of product thing if you're really doing it the best you can like you know at a, at a good level and you're not trying to rob people and you're selling something at an authentic market value and you're not dealing with like the influences of hype on supply and demand, like because your product is has like a special connection with the fam unity. Like this is 
it's just, it's, you can do it. You can do it. Like, it's just, it's just, it's hard right now. Like, a lot, there's a lot for all this bombing and me talking about overregulation and people that didn't get their shot. There's a bunch of survivors. And one of the things I try and do is give love to those survivors when I can. So, because if, if, if they don't survive, then, then the industry really consolidates. And that's when it, that's when things really start to suck. Totally. Totally. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you a couple more questions here. Uh, Massachusetts, have you been paying attention to a lot of what's been going on in mass generally? And then obviously with the social equity, uh, uh, program there and, and, you know, with Oasis, your Oasis getting robbed, any comments on stuff like that? Well, you know, people, places are getting robbed everywhere. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's the story of the pandemic. People using uh, professional operations, using protests as cover to to do the deed of all the because they know the cops are all in riot gear, standing in the street somewhere. Um, social equity in mass. I you know I'm a, a big Shaleen fan, uh, and it's been tough seeing uh, you know. And it just not pan out the way people had hoped. Uh, you know, it's 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 brutal out there, man. And then you hear, you know, and then you talk about social equity, just access in general, access in general. Listening to how many people drive to Maine to buy their weed, like how do how do you not fix like how do you not fix the market to save these dollars to keep them local? Oh, here's how about we get these? You know, there's one mechanism. How about we get these equity operations open and try and how about we get these taxes down how about we create an try and create an actual competitive marketplace so people like you know thousands of people from massachusetts aren't driving to maine every weekend to buy an ounce it's insane okay so so talk us through that because um i've never heard anybody talk about this before Oh, okay, for sure. Um, there's no caregiver program in Mass anymore. That's the, they, they're trying to like, get, they're trying to get rid of caregivers. Yeah. I, I, that's the main thing. But uh, generally speaking, the weed in Mass is really expensive. So everyone just drives to Maine. It's way cheaper. And how, how do they do that? I mean, is, is rec functioning there? They have caregivers there. What, what, what? Caregivers, yeah. It's just so. It's so, so Maine will allow a Massachusetts patient to have a caregiver there. Um. You know, well, let's put it let's put it like this. Let's put it like this. Yeah, yeah, the California yeah. black market, or excuse me, California's legal market is worth uh, three billion dollars last year. California's black market, or excuse me, underground illicit market. Traditional, traditional. Traditionally, I super apologize. Please don't hate me. Um, we'll cut that out. Uh, thank you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so anyway, California's traditional market is worth like eight point four billion dollars. So I think it's completely fair to think there's some similar number happening on the other. Like you know, not that's not at the similar number at scale, but there's a similar yeah. variable of how much of the, how much of uh, the cannabis comedy economy still exists underground and in Massachusetts one of the things driving that economy underground and on the road to Maine to purchase trap half, trap weed and great weed in Maine and legal weed all of it uh, it's crazy because a lot of people from California went out to Maine early but but it, you know it, it took forever to get off the ground um, but yeah so but Massachusetts people just they head north they get their pot and they go home well, I'm going to Maine for ten days soon, so we'll have to talk. Yeah, for sure. There's a bunch of spots. There, there's a bunch of spots. I saw. Oh God, there was this dude. He had some like Cinderella. Offline. He had some like Cinderella '99 cross. Like I saw it in like uh, it was this is like 
probably like 2007. And it was like this like Cinderella 99 X something that was just like, oh, wow, this is some weird. This is some weird pot. You would be from Maine. <laughs> but here we are now, you know, the, 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 the little ball, the little bubble of progress in the north. Look at Maine. Maine keeps chugging. I take it you're not a Meta fan, huh? Uh, was that the one in Salem? I think they have one in Salem. Yeah, yeah, they have one in Western Mass too. Um, so what happened? <laughs> I, I stopped by. It was closed, like because they were the first dispensary in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, that Salem, the Salem spot was they because uh, I would put it. <laughs> so before all the drama, I would uh, I would put I would pick a strain from there uh, to put on my spooky strains list because it was like uh, like three hundred yards from where they hung the witches. <laughs> so I just like I just go look at the menu every year, like oh, oh they're right next to Proctor's Ledge, you can get some cranberry haze, like. <laughs> And then all the stuff stopped. Then all the stuff started going down with them. And I was like, oh, I guess, well, we're going to stop picking ones on that. (laughs) But again, you know, there's so much, you know, there's so much wider stuff. I I really don't focus on too much individual drama and to the exception of when that individual drama has an industry wide impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Like, uh, you know, someone stealing everybody's genetics or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> who, who, might, who might that be for the listeners at home? Oh uh, well, you know, it's the. the, no, no, the I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. I know exactly what you're talking about, but it's so I, uh, I, you know, I'll talk about them down because I want. I always wanted to have that. Like okay. I, I love when it. I wrote when I wrote the Philo story, it wasn't my idea. My editor, uh, Ellen Holland, who we mentioned before, OG, one of the best cannabis journalists in the game. She was like, Jimmy, go take a look at this. I looked at. I looked up at what Sungrown Sungrown Mids was doing and like everything and. And all I did was there was two videos, right? Like, so you just, you compare the two, like what was told, you compare what was said at Benzinga against what was said to the Hill. And you find, all I did was find the things that couldn't coexist. Like these, all I did was say, these are two speeches by the same guy. And these are things that were said in those two speeches that can't coexist. I'll let you guys take it from there. And that was... Here we are, you know, and no one's ever, you know, my hat, I, the, the legal, I, the legal team hasn't heard anything. So <laughs> it's, is what it is. And it's crazy. And I don't mean to be, you know, I'm not out there trying to start like gas fires. I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm just telling it is what it is. It sucks. Like you're going to build uh, a galaxy uh, based off of these here. And you go up to the OGs, these dudes that are just like in the time, like in this transitionary time that we're talking about trying to get their ducks in a row. Oh, you're going to give me some type of genetic footprint. So Monsanto can't steal my weed. Oh, well, here you go. Go, go do what you do. And then in the end, you know, we finally see when, uh, when those first, when the first word got out about those super strains that were supposed to drop, you know, those first three that were gonna, they needed. I think it was a twenty million dollar raise to to get the first round in production. Uh, it's been a while since I looked at the numbers. My bad, but it was it was something like that. And yeah, you know, it ha- it happens. Like I said, I, there's so much positive stuff to talk about. I try to avoid that stuff, but when there's the real deal, you know, it, it, it's like that. You know, I, I try and use the platform for uh you know to do the, we use the right thing yeah oh yeah now you, you have to educate people um and, and it, you're not creating the truth the truth is out there you've just discovered it 
Uh, and nobody can hold you responsible for that. I mean, if if it wasn't just kidding, and this, this show isn't even a discover thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I was just the one that like connected certain paragraphs, like with like you know, this doesn't work out. Like that just that can't be. Like that, the, the, that you can't be developing three strains or three super strains for 20 that you need 20 that you need to raise 20 million dollars for. And all this stuff you said to these people on the hill be true. And just here we are. I tried and I tried to talk to Mowgli a bunch of times. Um, they did, you know, they, they had their different PR mechanism. They had their other, uh, you know, they, they were on damage control. They did the interview with the soil King and their PR and their PR lady recorded the interview. Like it was her, it was like the box, like the whole thing set up was like, it was ridiculous. So I tried like super straightforward. Um, a bunch of times I was, I wanted to talk to him and I, and I was supposed to try uh, and get to talk to him at Meadowlands last year. Uh, he, he didn't, he was a no show for that too. Um, so, you know, I was, I was, I'm over it. You know, I said my piece. There's not, you know, not, and there's nothing really more for me to dive into. Like I, I, I you, there was two pod, there was two bodies of information. I analyzed the information that was available at the time. I gave it to the masses. It seems to think, it seems like a lot of people thought I was f- pretty spot on. So well, yeah, you you were. I mean, they they yeah they 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 got they gathered a bunch of information from people under one premise and then used it for another purpose. So that's what happened. I did say, but there's and then there's the other side of this. Is there? There's definitely this like people with them like uh, I want like I I wake up in the morning and I hope the game, I, I, I wake up hoping for the game that like the, the game's a little bit better by the end of the day and the game's going to make it. And there's all there's people that wake up like, who am I going to get today? You know what I'm saying? Like, and part of the process of making the game better is like trimming the fat on those type of shitty situations where people are screwing people. Um, but I just, I don't wake up every day. Like, who am I going to get today? I wake up like, Oh, it's time to roll my two blunts because the game is beautiful. (laughs) It's a day ending in Y and we're ready to go. Like, and, and so I just, you know, so those stories are important. I'm glad I wrote those stories and blah, 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 all that. But it's like, uh, you know, I'm not out there to start drama. That's that's just drama free Jimmy D. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a, I think it's important that you uh, again are shining the light on some 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 major issues and some fun topics as well. So let's do this. Let's wrap shit up here since we've been going for an hour and fifteen to the longest we've ever dealt with, which I love this conversation. Oh, sorry, I rant. My bad. No, no, it's 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 flowed, it flowed so well. It seemed like about thirty minutes. Hey, so I love hey, RJ. Um, let's uh, let's tell uh, drama free Jimmy D here what uh, you know some of our sponsors. You ever hear of Outspoke? Oh, uh, you gotta plug sponsors yeah, now. Huh? We gotta okay, plug cool. them. We gotta plug them. Tell them what it is. Just pay the bills. Gotta pay the bills. Gotta pay the bills. Uh, Outspoke.io, supply chain management, generate uh, ROI from your metric compliance data at no cost. Share that visibility with your friends and family that are also license holders. Uh, you can find this service offered elsewhere for thousands of dollars a month, or you can get it from us for free. Uh, outspoke.io uh, outcrowdgroup.com our consulting company check them out anything you need we'll do it uh, including bury bodies for you for, for that good shout out high flyers um, high flyers super superfood chocolates wait till those try Jimmy I'll have to send you some of these uh, superfood chocolates we're making uh, I think you'll like them um, love some chocolates man 
it's a wave of the future. It's uh, coming. I tried to do it. I was in pre pandemic. I had, I was working on something about, uh, a couple uh, psychedelic things, but the petition got hit by mm. uh, by people not being able to get out. You know. Yeah. Well, we know we're actually what we're doing is we're using uh, superfood mushrooms, so legal uh, mushrooms that you could buy at fucking Whole Foods, and we've made some really high end chocolates. And listen, and listen, CBD is worth billions of dollars, and superfood mushrooms can be worth billions of dollars. This shit will cure fucking cancer, tumors, Alzheimer's, all the same shit that the fucking CBD could possibly do, according to the research. Ooh, throw it around throw it around the Ken Cure language. Bold. I got, I got, I got research <laughs> from Japan, Jimmy. I got research from Japan. So don't you worry about it, baby. I'll send it over. You can check it out for yourself. I have faith in the Nikkei. What up? <laughs> all right. Um, so why don't we wrap it up, Jimmy? Shout out to all your social medias, everybody that you want to show love oh, to. Yeah, for day. sure. And, uh, and, uh, the Jimmy Divine on, the, uh, Jimmy uh, the Jimmy Divine on Instagram. Uh, at Fine Cannabis now on Twitter also. Um, and at Jimmy Divine on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's great. Read uh, if you hit Muckrack has like a good collection. Uh, collects from all because I write for so many different places. Uh, yeah. It's been LA centric lately just because of everything going on but i'm hoping it'll go back to its more common uh all kinds of random bylines uh in the not too distant future so muck muck rack's a great place to keep an eye on what i'm up to um great. but you know instagram is where we have the most fun we roll two blunts every morning if you're into it wake up early with us 7 30 pst we rage Nice, bro. Nice. Seven thirty. I will. Uh, I'll have to check that out. I'm up at about five every day. So <laughs> good shit. All right, Jimmy. Well, thank you so much for all this insight. I think our listeners have learned a tremendous amount. If uh, they didn't get too stoned and fall asleep on us, uh, I certainly learned a tremendous amount, and we'll look forward to being in Maine sooner than later. And uh, yeah, that's it. Alex, yeah, sorry, I'm not totally up to date exactly on my main stuff, but no, uh, you know, we're, we're we're working on it. <laughs> okay. We'll figure it out as we go.